Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s, with yours truly, Glenn Robison, on Island Radio, KISL Avalon, at 88.7 on your FM dial, and at KISLAvalon.com on your internet dial. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this week's show, we're going to play some fantastic records. Not that we don't every week, but especially this week. You already know that we play nothing but the best, and in the third segment, I'm going to prove it. I suggest you take notes in the fourth segment, and finally, with everything opening back up, we'll remind you of the importance of social distancing. But the first segment of this week's show is all about crybabies. Thank you. 
There was probably no such person, but Cameo 414 and Lincoln 2103, recorded around September 24, 1923, credit Ernest Carl's Society players with Crybaby. The band leader could have been Arthur Lang, George Hall, Nathan Glantz, Willie Krieger, or even somebody else. Crybaby was written by Bert Kalmar and Harry Ruby for the show Helen of Troy, New York, which opened at the Selwyn Theater on June 19, 1923, and ran for 191 performances, wrapping up at the Times Square Theater on December 1st. Before Crybaby, with the orchestra conducted by Rosario Bordone, was Aileen Stanley, all by herself, not with Billy Murray, and not even singing in a dialect, with I'm a Lonesome Crybaby. That's from Victor 19144, Wax, June 29, 1923. I'm a Lonesome Crybaby was written by the duo of Bobby Butternuth and Phil Morris. We started out that Crybaby set with Gene Rodemick's orchestra and Crybaby Blues, written by George W. Meyer. Brunswick 2159 was recorded around September of 1921. I'm Glenn Robison, and you're listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. For this segment, you're going to want to take notes. Thank you. 
Well, there's a nifty record being heard on the show for the first time. Banjo Bill Bowen with Nifty Notes, recorded in January of 1926 and issued on OK 40553. Accompanying Banjo Bill on piano was Charles Baumschlang. Banjo Bill Bowen was, in fact, William D. Bonnenberger. Like Harry Truman, Bonnenberger had no middle name, and the D is just a letter although the Chicago Manual of Style says it still requires a period. Bonnenberger was born December 18, 1880, in Rahway, New Jersey, and had five older brothers and one younger sister. In 1901, he was working as a piano tuner and was still tuning pianos in 1918, but as early as 1897 was also a professional banjo player. He later worked for the New York firm of Rettberg and Lang, makers of Orpheum and Paramount banjos, as a demonstrator and salesman. In 1908, he patented a combination patent truss design for banjo shells, improving their tone. He also appeared with Fred Van Epps, directed his own orchestra at the Robert Treat Hotel in New York, New Jersey, was heard on radio, made records, and wrote banjo instruction books. A few months after Nifty Notes was made, Banjo Bill represented the Lang Company at the Music Industries Convention, held at the Hotel Commodore in New York, where he was described as one of those born geniuses of music who bring to their instruments something of the intuitive and something of the extraordinary, which the world recognizes as true art. Before Banjo Bill Bowen, it was Joe Venuti's Blue Four with Nothing But Notes. Joe Venuti's Blue Four, in this case, were actually five. Venuti, Adrian Rellini on bass sax, Fulton McGrath on piano, guitarist Frank Victor, and Victor Angle on drums. Decca 624 was recorded March 20, 1935. It hasn't been played since 2005, so I thought it was time you heard Magic Notes once again. That was Carol Gibbons and his boyfriends with xylophonist Rudy Starita, December 19, 1931. And we started that notable segment with Hot Notes by the Savoy Bearcats. Not the Savoy Hotel in London, but the Savoy Ballroom in Harlem. The Savoy Bearcats was a co-op fronted by violinist Leon Abbey and was originally known as the Charleston Bearcats. Hot Notes was written by Gene Rodemick and Tom Satterfield and recorded October 11, 1926. Gene Rodemick also recorded it a few months earlier on March 10th in his band's last session with Brunswick. I mentioned in the intro to the show that we play nothing but the best, and I'm going to prove it right now. Here's Howard Phillips.
that's what I demand Nothing but the best Now you understand That's why I want you Nothing but the best You just seem to be different than the rest Honey, can't you see that's why I want you You're just like the cream taken from the milk And to me you seem just as fine as silk That's why I love you All my prayers are answered All my dreams come true All because I found nothing but the best in you Up in the sky above, sit 
Piccadilly Players, the British band led by Al Starita, recording for Columbia in London on May 10, 1928, and It Don't Do Nothing But Rain. The vocal trio was Eddie Grossbart and two others, and It Don't Do Nothing But Rain was written by Phil Cook, later the Quaker Crackles Man. Quaker Crackles was a serial introduced in 1930 by the Quaker Oats Company. Advertisements claimed it to be supremely delicious and, by actual tests, 100% crispier than most crisp cereals. Phil Cook was the cereal's spokesperson in radio spots on WRC, Washington, D.C. Before the Piccadilly Players, it was Smith Ballou with Ted Wallace and his Campus Boys and Love Ain't Nothing But the Blues, recorded October 30, 1929, the day after Black Tuesday. Actually, on the 30th, the Dow regained over 12%, but then continued its slide toward its lowest level, which was reached on July 8, 1932. We began that Nothing But set with Nothing But the Best. That was Howard Phillips with the Van Epps Dance Orchestra from Perfect 15901, recorded February 28, 1934. The Van Epps in this case was not banjoist Fred Van Epps, but his son, guitarist George Van Epps. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7, KISL Avalon. Back in 2006, I played a record by the Capitol Dance Orchestra titled Fantastique. I had no information about the record or the orchestra then, and I don't have much more now. It was issued on El Dorado, I believe a French label, catalog number DS-107 in 1930. I was going to play it again when I happened across what I think is the only other recording of Fantastique by Ray Ventura at Son Jazz.
Beatles, they fantastic. Viva music, c'est chic, c'est fantastic. Quelle joie de son, elle est contente. Son beau bâton. Musique en tête, l'œil en fête en chantant. Messieurs, c'est fantastique. Pour vivre heureux, c'est la meilleure tactique. Pour le public, nos cœurs font tic. Tac, toc, tic pour monsieur, tac pour madame, toc pour tous les deux. C'est fantastique, messieurs.
He first recorded for Victor in 1927, but we just heard Frankie Masters and his orchestra with The Light Fantastic from OK 5974, recorded August 13, 1940. That was preceded by Polish pianist, composer, and statesman Ignacy Jan Paderewski's own May 4, 1923 recording of his Krakowian Fantastique, Opus 14, Number 6, the last of his humoresques de concert, written in 1887. Paderewski was born November 18, 1860, and at age 12 was admitted to the Warsaw Conservatory, graduating six years later in 1878. Krakowian is the French for Krakowiak, the name of a popular fast syncopated Polish folk dance in duple time from the region of Krakow. French jazz pianist and bandleader Ray Ventura started off that Fantastique segment with Fantastique from a 1936 French Polydor 78. Fantastique was written by French composer Paul Mizraki, who, in addition to popular songs, wrote the music to over 100 films. He was born in Constantinople in 1908 and studied classical music in Paris. He fled France during World War II and ended up in Hollywood, but returned to France following the war. Businesses are beginning to open back up, but the coronavirus is still very much with us and getting much worse in many places, so it's important to stay home as much as possible, wear a mask when out, wash your hands often, and practice social distancing. And wanting to set a good example? This segment is all about distance.
Orchestra Max Dolan with El Telefono a Larga Distancia, which of course translates to Long Distance Telephone. When Victor 73193 was recorded on December 22, 1921, your choices to communicate over distance were pretty much limited to letters or telephone. Max Dolan was a violinist and orchestra leader from Havana and one of the first musicians to introduce jazz into Cuba. Around 1920, he went to New York, where his orchestra performed regularly at the Biltmore Hotel, and over the next five years, he made about 20 Latin-style recordings for Victor. He relocated to San Francisco around 1926, and the following year, NBC hired him to be music director of their new Pacific Coast Network. In addition to conducting the NBC Orchestra and Opera Company, Dolan played his violin on West Coast programs, including the Shell Happy Time program, and Don Amaiso, the Golden Violinist. Long Distance Telephone was composed by Aniceto Diaz. Before Max Dolan, it was D. Onivas and his orchestra, credited on Perfect 14246 as the Casino Dance Orchestra, with A Distant Caravan, recorded around March 18, 1924. A Distant Caravan was written by Ricardo de la Vega, and of course you remember that D. Onivas was the pseudonym on the Pathé Actuel and Perfect labels for records made under the direction of the studio's musical director, Domenico Savino. We begin with Distant Greetings, described on the label of Xenophone 429 as a march with bugles and drums, performed by the Orchestra de la Garde Républicaine in English, the French Republican Guard Orchestra. This recording was made in 1924, but the band was founded in 1848 by Jean-Georges Palou. The band is not only still active, but is comprised of 120 professional musicians and is the senior band and field music unit of the French Armed Forces. The band made their first international performance when they traveled to the United States in 1871. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. (laughs) ¶¶